and thank you for tuning into the Business of Wealth show with your host, Matt Catrum. Let's go. You haven't already, already done your business growth quiz. Go ahead and do it as soon as you can. Go to businessgrowthquiz.me, businessgrowthquiz.me. Why should you do it? Well, if there's an area of your business that's not working and you're thinking, why isn't it working? Do the quiz. It will highlight highlight some problems that you may have, some challenges you may have. It's free to you. Best of all, you get a report from me saying, here, focus on this. All right. So go ahead and do that. Well, it's my great pleasure to welcome Adrian Knight. And we are just on the same corridor on the M40 there. So fantastic. <laughs> In London. So, Adrian, welcome to the Business Wealth Show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mac. It's a, yeah, a real pleasure to be here, and especially as we're so close, as you said, just down the motorway. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, Adrian, let's, kick, let's, get, let's get going. Thank you for, again for being here. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. What got you to become an entrepreneur and also what you do now? Yeah, so I will, um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll start with now uh, to, uh, to give some context. So I buy and sell companies for a living. Um, I typically buy them. Uh, uh, there's normally some like element of turning around or fixing to it. And then I'll either uh, sell it or I will retain that business. And I've used my skill set to build up a a children's education group and we've gone from a uh, sort of standing start to a a multi-million revenue um, and we currently educate uh, around 10,000 under five-year-olds every academic term here in the UK and we've done that in in under three years through acquisition. Um, That's today my background is um, probably not as colourful. Uh, so prior to that, I had 12 failed startups. Um, I've learned that I'm a terrible startup entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I've also come to appreciate the different flavours and types of entrepreneurs out there. And um, my sort of career took off when I uh, started playing to my own strengths, really. And, uh, what, what are some yeah, of those strengths then? Um, so I'm a typical uh, sort of like visionary type entrepreneur. So good at sort of seeing where we need to go, uh, good at rallying, the, like rallying people behind that and giving it lots of, of gusto and energy. Mm. Um, but then I very quickly flop um, uh, as that journey gets going when mm. a business like in a startup setting, at least like the, the needs change from the like to we yeah. now need systems and processes and consistency and that's where I'm not very good at but what I've learned is that that skill set of uh sort of like bringing people along and uh creating the vision and normally being quite good at like creative like solving big problems quite creatively it lends itself very well in a um, <clears throat> in a context where you're like buying buying an established business, which normally has a lot of uh, problems that the current owner just doesn't want to face for various reasons. And so you can go in there and tend to um, fix them and utilize that skill set more fully. Yeah, and I was reading that you focus. Well, you said it as well that you focus on children education. What got you to focus on that particular niche in terms of business acquisitions and turnaround it was becoming a dad oh was um, it really <laughs> yeah so I uh, so when I discovered that I was going to be dad to my daughter who's now four years old mm. um I like, like all new parents it, it completely rocks my world and I spent a lot of time really uh sort of by myself actually just like 
evaluating like who I was, what type of dad I wanted to be, right. where was I going, and and so forth. And I decided that my plan hadn't changed, but I needed to accelerate it. And so it was about uh, six months into being a dad mm. when uh, we were going to these baby groups with my daughter Evie, and I was looking around and thinking, "There's something not right about this." Like those first five years of a child's life are the most formative years of a person's life. Like full stop. Like it's so important those years. And I was looking around, and the experience I was having, and that I could see my daughter having, it didn't it didn't fill up to standard. In fact, the standards felt quite low and it wasn't just that one particular group. It was across multiple. And so I decided after a couple of months of soul searching that I wanted to play a part in this sector. It didn't have to be a big part. Um, I just wanted to play a part, however small. And the, and the, what I said to myself was that if I positively impacted one child's life, it had been totally worth it. And I was going to use my skill set of, of buying and fixing businesses to do that. No one is more surprised than me to, to sort of look around today and see where this has gone and how many children's lives we're, we're sort of impacting. But it's because it was led with that why, a really strong why there. Perfect. Well, what, what awesome work you're doing, my friend. You know, educating over 10,000 children in those formative years, like you said, they're so, 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 so important. For those listening in thinking, oh, three years. All these companies, millions of um, sales in revenue. How does someone go about buying a business? And I know you've bought businesses or acquired businesses with no money. How does one do that? Yeah, I mean, well, at the start of my journey of buying businesses, I I, I used like a no money structure to buy the business because I didn't have any money to buy the right. business. So it was like needs must in a way. But what I've come to recognize and appreciate having acquired, I think it's about 10, 10, 11 businesses to date, um, that there's actually very good logical reasons as a buyer why you want to be uh, minimizing the amount of personal money you put in, if any at all. Um, all of my deals have been uh, with no money down. And the reason why is because when you buy a small business, there is no question about it. You're buying a bunch of problems. I okay. absolutely guarantee you that there's a bunch of problems in there. Some of them you're going to know. Many of them you're not going to know. And you're not going to know the depth of them until you get into the business. Mm. And so if you're in a position where you have got your savings, you've remortgaged a house, you've basically put yourself at personal financial risk, then you are less likely to do what actually needs to be done in that business to make it a success. It's kind of like a double whammy. And so how do you actually agree and structure these deals? It all comes down to being human and being good with people. You see, I think a lot of people have this misconception about buying biz like small businesses, like specifically small businesses, like under 5 million revenue um where it's all about the numbers and and you get sort of images conjured up of you know a long boardroom with 20 lawyers each side and you're at the head of the table like that's not how it works like you have to recognize as a buyer that in most cases you're you're dealing with bob and jane who have been running their manufacturing business for 25 years they've built it from nothing hard working good people they've got a team of employees there who they really genuinely cherish and that's their life's work but there's some reason why they're looking to sell and why they're looking to sell now and the financial reasons are 
of course they're there but it's not just that and my experience has been in most cases the financial reasons aren't as high up their motivation list as mm. you may think and so really it's about like swinging your chair around to their side of the desk right. saying like, tell me what's going on like why now why are you selling what's really happening here and when you get to that sort of depth of um like relationship and you're starting to build up that sort of personal trust you're then in a position where you can creatively structure a deal that will give them everything they want but simultaneously protect yourself as a buyer and fantastic great explanation there and how serious like you said it's about building that rapport get building that relationship <coughs> excuse me how can one get to for them to trust <laughs> excuse me for them to trust you with their baby that they've developed over years how do you do that then so your first acquisition that you do is almost certainly going to be within your network either someone you know directly like i always think of linkedin to so like a first degree connection i know this person directly or um probably more than likely a second degree connection so someone who someone you know knows someone that's where your first acquisition has is going to be certainly where mine was uh, mine was and the reason why that tends to happen is because the trust level is higher. You either right. know them directly or they've gone in on a referral. And so the trust level is up there. If you're dealing with someone uh, like from a colder perspective, so that third, you know, third or fourth degree, you know, right. connection is the same analogy, then it's a lot harder and it takes longer because you're building trust. And if you haven't acquired anything before, that doesn't always instill trust from the sellers. Uh, if you're trying to buy a business in a completely different sector, like that doesn't instill trust as well. And so it's all about the trust and rapport. And like anything, if you're, if you're selling anything or if you're buying anything, there has to be that trust factor. And so um, that's that's kind of the, like, the underlying principle of it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. And what are some of the risks then associated mm. with yeah acquiring or buying uh small businesses you know what it's a brilliant question and i love talking about this because i never really hear it um i i mean i speak on the like the MA, like the mergers the business buying circuit um and everybody talks about the benefits of buying a business no money down but no mm -hmm. one talks about the risks and trust me there are risks because oh. i've had some major train wrecks from my acquisitions really so major yeah and i've and i've the only way I've sort of benefited from them is by simply taking them as a learning experience and rolled that into like my next acquisition, which has made me, you know, like a bit more sharper in this area of buying a business because I got so badly burnt last time in, in that. And so um, the first risk, of course, is financial. And we sort of touched on that. If you're putting your own money in, however much you've got to accept that there is a risk factor to that and you may or may not get that back depending on how you structure there's a lot the structure to deal there's a lot you can do to prevent this and it's a big part of how i structure deals now you've got the financial you've also got the legal side of things as well if you're buying a business you essentially have two options like legal options of buying it you can either buy the assets 
of the business. So if it's a manufacturing company, you can buy the machinery, the customer database, the website, etc. Or you can buy the limited company. So the limited company that owns all that. Now, if you buy the limited company, there is almost certainly skeletons in that closet, particularly if it's like 20, 25 years old. And when those skeletons come out, they tend to bite. And um, with some of the acquisitions I've done, they've had a habit of coming out within like the first month of ownership and you have to deal with it because you're the legal owner. Um, You've got HR and people risk. And this is the one I think that a lot of people really underestimate. If you're buying a business, and my last acquisition had 10 people in that business, which for a small business is actually quite big, like a small Mm. business with 10 people, people. it's a a decent size. Now, if two of those people leave, that's 20% of your workforce. And I'm yet to acquire a business where at least one person doesn't leave. And it's normally on their own account where they've worked so long with the previous owners, this new person's coming in, they don't even want they're not even interested in hearing what that new person has to say like it's end of a chapter for them and I actually really respect that um, and I respect that they know that but you then have two bands of people left you have some who are excited by the new ownership and um, you know they can see the potential of the business and they genuinely want to make it work and you've got others who are like sort of in between want to give it a shot but they're like hedging their bets and those people you need to watch out for because they can tend to undermine and um using my last acquisition as an example i had uh i think three people sitting in that camp and very quickly identified that one of them was stealing a substantial amount of money from the business i mean when i when i worked it out uh, his base salary was 40000 a year. But when I worked it out in terms of everything else that was coming in, his, his, what he was taking from the business on an, on an annual basis was closer to 120000 Like it was astonishing. Wow. wow. But the problem was, was that this the previous owner had, um, you know, he used to coach this guy when he was 17 and the guy was now 40. And so like it was all this personal relationship and the owner kind of sensed okay. something was wrong, didn't want to like rip off the plaster which is part of his way of selling so you've got the financial legal uh hr and then you just got the some of the normal standard business risks with like long-standing clients how are they going to feel and uh, and so forth but those first three i would say are the major ones thanks for that explanation because people don't consider that when they are acquiring businesses tell me something if i said to you give me three steps people listening in three steps to uh, go about acquiring a, a business. I don't know if you can get and do it in three, if it's four or four, but how how can, um, what would be the simplest steps that people need to take in order to acquire a business if they choose to? Yeah. Um, first step one is get educated. 100% get educated. There, You can't learn to buy a business in a classroom, but you do want to start building up your knowledge base and uh, like your theory. The same way I always say, you can't learn to swim by reading a book about swimming. You need to get in the pool. It still helps to read a book and understand that there's different types of strokes and and, and that to so get educated. Um, the second thing is is to really look for some support by someone seasoned and like experienced at doing this, which kind of feeds into the like the practical implementation of the education because it is by far your fastest way of uh, not only acquiring a business but doing it in a successful way. Um, the third thing is to then go out to um, go out to your network with an understanding of what are you looking for? 
you know what's your uh sort of acquisition criteria and i i don't want that to come across as more fancy than it is it's right. simply saying i'm looking for a business with at least half a million in revenue ideally like five employees this these two or three sectors and somewhere where i can see how i can add value that's good acquisition criteria and yeah and and sort of get going from there <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, you simplified it very well. And one of the things you said earlier on is that how do you find your first deals? You said, look, you can go to your your hot warm contacts or you can go to your cold contacts. And if you know your your um level ones, level twos, the um and is it as simple as that? Contacting them and say, Hey, look, I'm looking to acquire some businesses. I'm looking, you know, for businesses between half a million to five million five staff based in the particular location is it as simple as that or do you need more than just that no it it is as simple as that and it helps to have a little bit of a narrative like Mm. don't get me wrong you don't want to start putting up a you know personal website i'm a private equity buyer and uh that doesn't that sends the wrong impression again it's about being human if you're speaking Mm. to pop and jane the manufacturing company but it helps to have some narrative of why you're looking at this. So I'm working with a, a business a business partnership at the moment who are in the marketing sector, and they've got a, a very credible marketing business, 10 years old. They've won multiple awards on a national mm. scale. And uh, like the narrative is very simple for them, is that they've um, built up this, this agency very successfully. They've actually decided they don't necessarily want to scale that agency any further, but they have a very unique skill set in able, being able to apply their marketing skills to grow like light industrial businesses um, right. because they have a, a client roster full of successes. And so going out to those businesses, uh, the light, light industrial ones, and we're sort of saying, hey, you know, actively looking to acquire. This is where we are in our career. These are some of the success stories we have, as well as the marketing. We, we're also emphasizing their operational, like the hands-on experience because that will mean a lot to the owners of those light industrials and that's that's kind of like enough to give them far more credibility than you know anyone else who's just knocking on the door of the of this light industrial business saying hey can i buy you type thing well yeah i mean great great i mean you're clearly an expert in what you've done if you've done 10 acquisitions you've you've learned (laughs) in the streets of hard knocks you've really learned which is good um, you can't buy that kind of experience. Uh, you are listening to the Business and Wealth Show here with Mac Atrum and Adrian Knight, business acquisitions expert. He's built up a portfolio of education companies uh, generating millions in sales, which is fantastic. Now, Adrian, we haven't finished yet, but I want to say for those who want to reach out to you, contact you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yep. So uh, my personal website is adrianknight.co.uk. I'm also very active on social media, most especially Facebook and Instagram. And my uh, handle is adrianjknight. Knight. And adrianknight.com, did you say earlier on? Uh, .co.uk. .co.uk. Got it. Excellent. 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 So tell me something, Adrian. Why do you... So... One thing I do know, the fastest way to grow your business is to acquire other businesses, right? So the work's been done. You've got to maybe turn it around or fix something or put some money in or just do something, you know, add value to that business. If that's the case, why don't more small business owners acquire businesses? And why do they go through the 
rigmarole and the hard work of just pounding away day after day after day, day after day for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Brilliant question. And, and I always say that as a, you know, a, a well-rounded business owner, understands sales, marketing, has an, uh, an understanding of finance, although they may not do the finance themselves. I also believe that acquisition, like knowing how to buy a business should be, you know, alongside those core critical skills because it is so transformational. Um, I think it's largely down to awareness more than anything else. And that awareness is on two levels. One is that for a lot of business owners, certainly who I've spoken to over the years, um, they haven't even considered buying a business as a viable option. Mm. The second let like the second layer underneath that sort of awareness onion almost is like okay uh, oh i could acquire oh yeah but i haven't got the money to do that like the it's the awareness around where you don't actually need to have bucket loads of cash and even if you did you may not want to use that for this like there's other ways of of approaching this so i think once people understand that once like entrepreneurial business owners get that then it really starts to open their eyes thinking oh maybe this is possible and you know the children's education group i've built is a great example of that like i i had no experience in that sector like nothing other than being a dad of a, a six month old um and yeah sort of a standing start to the size it's grown to in such a short period is great um but it does actually throw up a different set of problems which is integration and uh all of the messy back end stuff and making it nice and neat <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Well, thanks for that insight on there. So let me ask you this. What skills, someone's listening and thinking, well, I'd love to do what he's doing because I'm working hard in this thing. I'm sure there must be an easier way. What skills do does a, a, a small business owner need in order to do these kind of mergers and acquisitions or, or, or business um, acquisitions? Ultimately, it's about being good with people. And I, I don't say that lightly at all. Um, just for context to anyone listening to this, I'm not some financial whiz kid. I've mm. got a, a deep appreciation for finances, but I, I mean, I can just about run payroll on, on QuickBooks or zero. Like that's the extent of my financial acumen to like to a degree. But one thing I am is, is I'm, I genuinely care about people and I want to sit down and understand where they're at. And it's that one skill that has, open doors but then allowed me to walk through them by being able to create uh sort of like deal structures that worked for the uh, genuinely worked for the owners mm. but also genuinely worked for me that's fantastic well that's, that's that's clearly a good skill you have so i want to say thank you uh adrian before we finish i want to ask you is there anything that you want to say that you haven't said anything that I should have asked you, I haven't asked you, but it's relevant to this conversation. Before you answer that, I want to say, listen, if you, uh, wherever you're listening to this on whichever device or whichever platform, remember to follow, subscribe, like, give us a thumbs up, give us an emoji or something. Make some comments as to what, what are you getting from Adrian here? How is this relevant to you? How can you utilize this? And make some comments so we know how to bring some more awesome people like Adrian to this um, to this show for you. Go ahead, Adrian. So. Yeah, one key bit that I, I think anyone who's listening to this with some intent uh, of like, oh, this sounds interesting, this should in a way be the nail in the coffin, is that there is more businesses to buy than there are buyers. 
you see a lot of the uh, successful, like small to medium sized businesses in in you know in this country, in the US, and in other countries, are operated by people uh, by business owners who are at some point going to be coming up to retirement. Um, mm. A lot of them are baby boomers or maybe um, sort of latter stage like Generation X. Um, yeah. And so over the 2020s, there is this entire generation of business owners that will be looking to exit their business either um either by their choice or by circumstances that are thrust upon them i.e sort of bad health or or whatever um right. the generation preceding them is smaller than that generation so there is this natural imbalance that ultimately there's more businesses to buy than buyers to buy them and unfortunately a lot of those businesses will um be wound down uh, and like the asset value realize and that's how the owners will exit those businesses which is very sad if it, if that's your life's work and then at the end of the day you're closing the doors and just selling off machinery and walking away with what you can and so if you are a business owner and you want to grow like seriously this should be something you're looking at with some serious intent Awesome. Great answer. Remember to check out Adrian, www.adrianjknight.co.uk. Is that right? It's adrianknight.co.uk. And then the, the social media is Adrian J. Knight. Got it. Uh, yeah. Got it. <laughs> really to... <laughs> yeah, if you can get that one as well, I mean, and just forward <laughs> it to the other one, that'd be, that'd be great as well. So it's been a pleasure speaking with you here. Um, thank you for all the golden nuggets you've given and also an insight and making people aware of another way to do business um, and, and more exponential, not linear way to grow their business. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thank you for joining us on the Business and Wealth Show here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Likewise, Mac. It's, uh, yeah, it's a real pleasure and honor. And um, I'm deeply grateful for you having me. Thank you. Most welcome. You take care until we catch up again. Thank you. And thank you all for listening in. Remember to uh, subscribe and like and give, give, leave some comments as well so we know what you got out of this. Thank you very much. Speak soon.